I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Thank you again for checking out the Beautifully Human podcast. I am Nick Sheesby, and today I am hanging out with a good friend named Zenya. And man, she is just on a beautiful journey of a life truly lived. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, Follow on Spotify. Follow on Instagram at the Beautifully Human podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Those do help bring more listeners in. And most importantly, enjoy this beautiful conversation. I am very excited to have you have you on and chat with you. It's been a very long time. It's been like five, no, more than that. No, more than that, maybe six. Probably like seven years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Damn, that was like, yeah. must have, well, probably like six years. Anyway, yeah. it's been a very long time. I met you in Miami, right? Yep, on the weekend. Backstage. Yep. Yeah. Man. I remember. Whole different world. That is so fun. <laughs> I know. But anyway, it is so good to see you. Um, so when did you officially move to Hawaii? Recently then, yeah? Yeah, officially like two weeks ago, but I've been here for three and change months. Sweet. Where yeah. in the park? Oahu, Waikiki. Sweet. Didn't mean to. I just came out here to do a music video and I was like, oh, I'm not going home. (laughs) No. I hear that every time. Someone goes to. Yeah, someone comes and they're like, I had a friend that moved there. Oh God, it's been like 12 years now or something like that. And she just like, she was leaving Richmond and was like, I'm just going to go. I need like a summer out there and I just want to like go see Hawaii and yeah she ended up she's she hasn't she's never left she has a family there now like she got married and like just stayed and I was like I knew you weren't gonna leave that is not what I'm here for I am here for me but (laughs) I I'm like "Mm, there are more beautiful women on this island there than there are eye candy for my liking anyway but sure yeah (laughs) but you know what's the irony of life yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> she she wasn't looking for the family. I think she found it was like eight years later, so it was yeah. way off. She just but it like, is beautiful. Island life is just like to be able to connect with nature and earth, and that's 
that's something that we don't get to do as much in the on the mainland with like the bigger cities right you know, well especially not. los angeles i mean there's the beach but like there's so much more to it than that you know there's so much more to it yeah so i i'm a, i'm an island girl i've always been an island girl so just being here i mean i i really wanted to be in jamaica i was supposed to go to jamaica i mean quote unquote but then i ended right. up coming out here to do the music video because jamaica was like flooding and raining it was so much um it's just torrential rain it would not stop there was so many potholes in the road road there were landslides there was sinkholes and i was like this is not a good time for me to go out there i was back and forth living between jamaica and la for a while and yeah. i was like this is not the time to go out it was in the middle of the pandemic i was just right. you know i was like maybe it's just maybe i should just go somewhere that's still a part of the united states and work on my video there so i came here and just everything started universally falling into place for me so i was like oh yep yeah Sounds don't good. fight I'll it do that <laughs> <laughs> you were looking for island life it works that that's no, awesome. that is actually my yeah that's my rule no resistance just don't resist yeah keep the yeah, flow it's, it, especially it's so nice when it just works out like that we're just like all right now i'm here I got this beautiful island. I'm just going to hang. And it seems so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just seems so counterproductive for what I do, but I actually feel like it's, it's the arrow in the bow. I feel like I'm really being pulled back to be able to actually gain target and strike at a target yeah. with aim and vision and perspective. And this is a place where I actually can hear my own thoughts I can really understand who I am, what it is that I truly want without the noise and the busyness of you should do this to get to here or you should do that to get to this place, to this destination. And to be honest with you, I believe that the destination is like, it's such a small part. The journey is the longest part. So if I'm going to get to any destination, I'm going to sure shit make sure I enjoy the journey. It's basically like buying a comfortable bed or sitting in first, you know, spending a bit of extra money to pay for first class when you're, you know, you're flying on a really long trip and then you need to get to work as soon as you get off the right. plane. But, so <laughs> right. for me, the journey, I've never actually said that before, but it just came out as I'm talking to you, but it's just that space for me where I'm like, this is where on, on an island, tropical island is where I am mostly myself. And so I'm just really doing a lot of fine tuning inwards as a creative. That's beautiful. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I mean, it's so good to feel that, you know, like I, yeah. I, I can imagine being in LA, it's a little, little tough because it's, it's just so manic there. Yeah. Now that there's like not a lot going on, there's just the energy of people around and things that people would do just to, get money and and it's very high intensity right now and it, I just wasn't feeling it wasn't sitting right with me and I've traveled the world my whole life like you know I lived in Bali I've traveled with Justin and Jay-Z and done all this like cool stuff but there's just that thing where I'm like well okay I can always get up and move wherever I want to go LA is just a ticket away if I need to right. be there yeah so. Well, and I mean, if, if this pandemic's taught all of us anything, especially in our industry, is that 
we can create, you know, where we feel creative is a good place to be, you know? And yeah, we can always like get to where we need to get to very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Happiness not quickly. Is my now, goal. <laughs> right. Yeah. But In the pandemic, it's, it's a little tougher. Well, th- <laughs> when, when there's a will, there's a way there truly is like you, you'll figure it out. You'll always yeah. figure it out. I always oh, yeah. have. I don't know how yeah. I, but I always have. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, it just worked. It happened. Yeah. But you just got to take the risk. You got to be in it to win it. And that's the goal. And Good yeah, I'm just too. excited to, to hear about your life and get to know you better. So hmm. I like to open it up with a very open-ended question of just tell me, tell me about your life. My life. Well, from the beginning, I was born in Newcastle, Australia, which is two hours north of Sydney, driving, not flying. And I'm from a beach town. I'm a beach girl, water girl. And I'm from a family of five. There's four older brothers. And um, yeah, I was the only singer, only true um musician to just like break out of my family all of them just are like okay she does music and so I I pushed my career in music at a pretty young age I was writing songs from full songs from the age of nine and writing them on guitar and I knew that I wanted to sing from a pretty young age at school I was singing lead singer at school and then decided to leave school early and I taught my mom was like what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to sing. And she's like, okay, well, you better do it if you're going to leave school. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was earning money pretty young from singing. So um, then I, yeah, I got a job with a three-piece group and we would sing around town as, as, as an 18-year-old. I was earning pretty good money singing as, as a trio. Eventually I moved to Bali and sung with, this 10-piece international group. I went there on a vacation. They got me up to sing. Someone told the the band that I sung. (laughs) So I got up to sing and then they offered me a job and free accommodation. And I got to live as a 19-year-old for a year by myself in Bali. All expenses paid. Well, not all expenses, but enough expenses paid. It's pretty cheap there. (laughs) And uh, learn the language pretty well. I actually tested it out the other night. I was like, geez, I remember so much of that language still. Uh, Don't get to use it, but whatever. And uh, yeah, I went back to Australia and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm just itching to do music, but I, I can't do it here in Australia. There was just no really big opportunities. And I auditioned for Australian Idol maybe three times and got rejected, no, twice, got rejected. And I was like, Mm-mm, nobody sees me here. i got to go. So I flew to New York, didn't really know anybody at all. But um, actually, pref- uh, just to go back a little bit, in Sydney, I was meeting a lot of people. I was meeting a lot of celebrities, you know, being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. I was able to meet a lot of celebrities, a lot of bands that were touring in the clubs. So I actually met Adam Blackstone, who is a big music director for all of the pop stars and R&B stars. He's fantastic. So I met him. He was just playing bass for Kanye at the time. And I just kept in touch with him via email. I don't think I even told him I was a singer or anything like that. And, but I would just keep in touch, just check in and be like, Hey, just checking in on you and your family. Hope everybody's well. 
then eventually I came to the States. He found out I was there and he was like, oh, you, you live in here. I'd actually sent him some music. And he's like, well, I didn't know you sung like that. And then he's like, are you here? So he took me to a couple of gigs to meet some people, but I had already interacted with so many people. I knew a lot of the people who was introducing me to me to. So um, yeah. And uh, eventually I was living in New York and just really trying to get myself out there. And I knew that nobody knew me and I was starting from scratch. So I just offered to go sing demos for anybody that they were pushing to the labels for songwriting. Cause I figured if I was going to get in there and show people how quick I work in the studio, then they needed to see. And I wasn't going to be like, Hey, you should pay me. Like, it was just like, no, I'm right. making connections. And I would just say, Hey, listen, just pay for my train ticket to get there or pay for my lunch. And I got you. And I made a lot of great connections doing that. And I was very, very quick in the studio, stacking vocals, harmonizing. And um, still to this day, I'm friends with a lot of the people that I worked with. That just kind of got me out there and getting just content for me to have. And this was like 2008. And it was in the recession. I moved in a recession. So it was like mm. <laughs> a crazy time. Yeah. Um, I, this may even lead into another question that you have, but, uh, you know, so. Um, That's all right. But eventually uh, I had a, had a boyfriend there. He ended up being in a really bad motorcycle accident and put into a coma in, um, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I'd never been to Los Angeles before. So I flew out there to be with him and he was brain dead and on life support and, and didn't seem like he was ever really going to come out and while I was there my mom called me to tell me that she had a brain tumor and she asked me to come home and take care of her because it was terminal so wow. I had to leave him fly back to New York pack my stuff go back to Australia and for a year I took care of my mom I like gave up my whole everything just to be there with her and she was a single woman so I took care of her solely and my brothers would help but you know mother and a daughter's relationship is is pretty strong. And, um, so I, I lived with her and took care of her until I couldn't take care of her anymore. She passed away 10 years ago on uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, and wow. I eventually was like, okay, I'm going to come back to the States. And then my boyfriend passed away too. So it was just like, ah, oh, like, Jesus. you know, it's just that moment of like, what is going on in my life? How do I even begin to, re-establish myself I've been away for a long time I don't even know if people know I exist anymore I don't know how to even write a song because I don't I'm terrified of what's going to come out so right. I was like because I was writing a lot and I had um I had like I didn't even mention it before but I'd met some of Shaggy's producers and songwriters and Shaggy became a very very close friend of mine and we created a writing team but um, one of them came out while my mom was sick and, and did some writing with me and brought his little setup and we recorded cool. for a while, but it wasn't really like a good time for me to focus. Yeah. Sure. So I, I came back and things started flowing a little bit more and I was just trying to write, but I was going through so many emotions of like trying to recalibrate to this new life that has, I've, that is just this new reality that had hit me. And, um, so 
I started working with Kimani Marley. I met him through some other friends. I'm heavily into the Jamaican Caribbean scene and um, the Afro scene. So I ended up meeting Kimani Marley, working with him on some music. And I was just like, you know, I, I was in Miami working with him on some of his stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, I, like this, I just, I need a breakthrough of some kind. And I just took myself to the beach in Miami and I just prayed. I just said, God, take me wherever you want me to go. Just wherever, I will go wherever you send me. Like, I don't care. And ju I just know that if you send me somewhere, it's going to be good. And the next day, I got on the treadmill for 20 minutes. As soon as my 20 minutes was up, my phone rang. It was Adam Blackstone. And he's like, hi, Zanya, what you got coming up for like January, February? This was in November. I was like, oh, nothing much. What's going on? And he's like, um, I've got the Justin Timberlake gig. You want to do it? And I'm like, let me check my <laughs> schedule. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, he's like, um... send me a, a video of you singing um, until the end of time. I want to show him. I'm like, okay. Send him the video. Next thing I've got an email with tickets to come to LA, start rehearsing. So, I mean, anything is due to change like within a moment of time. And that's why I know like, don't panic. I could get a call at any moment. Like yeah. just keep the flow, keep the flow, keep being open to receive. And so that happened. And I don't know, for those of you who are into your Caribbean music, your soca and your uh, reggae and all that sort of stuff. So Marshall Montano, who is like the biggest soca king in, in Trinidad and Tobago, he actually hit me up and was like, hey, did you want to come to Vegas with me on January 1st? I'm going to do some recording. You want to come and like come to the studio? I was like, sure. Okay, I said, but I have to be in LA because I was living in New York at the time. I said, I have to be in LA on the third to start rehearsals. So I was like, yeah, no problem. Just come for a day, come to the studio and then I'll make sure you get to to your um, your gig. And I was like, all right, thanks. So I get there, he calls me up and I ended up recording with him and Boys to Men on a song. And then the next day just flew out like what that's a way amazing. to start the year. Brilliant. That's so, so badass. Not only do I start touring with Justin doing promo, but we start doing Legends of the Summer with Jay-Z. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm like messing up all your questions here. I'm just telling my life story. But do you want to ask it. any more questions? There's no, no, so no. much I'm more. Just, I'm, I'm here to listen. No. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so we, we tour with Justin and Jay-Z. I'm like, I totally missed a big story in there. Adam actually gave me a, a gig just before the Justin gig. He gave me Times Square Ball Drop. Um, that was my first ever gig. Wow. That was right after, not too, like the year after my mom died, I got Times Square ball drop. And then the year after that, I got the Justin gig. And so I'm just like so grateful that he entrusted me with such a huge blessing and it's changed my life forever. So I've, I've been with Justin uh, for seven years, Justin Timberlake, if I didn't mention that before. So, um, yeah. 
so that's been that's been my whirlwind I've gone from being the girl that's like hey uh just get me in I'll sing whatever just know me and then here I've been on a world stage I've sung for President Obama at the White House and I've done the most incredible gigs around the world Jay-Z is like magical to work with as well and and yeah I, I don't know if you knew but Abel, the weekend, he used to open up for us when we first started touring. And then he just went back to the drawing board and just came out with this crazy, like, that's so rad project that just made him off the charts. And look at him, did the Super Bowl. Yeah. I do. I do remember hearing about that, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't follow his career. I only, like, I caught it once it was where it was you know when I got, yeah. on, got on board with that so I, I kind of missed his coming up and then all of a sudden it was just like here's this dude that is like <laughs> the biggest dude right now so that's yeah. really cool that that he was I mean I feel like anyone that is hanging with Justin is is good company so I'm not surprised he, yeah. he skyrocketed up um, he like did so well yeah oh man that's so cool so um I think that's so cool. Like I did read, you posted something, it was a while ago, but I like paused on it because I was like, Ooh, I know I'm, I'm hanging with you and I was going to talk to you on, on the podcast. And I was going to ask you about your, your writing songs when you were super young. So like what, what kind of songs did you write when you were young? Were they poppy songs or what, what kind of songs did you sing back then? Yeah, I guess so. I, I was a really big, um, so I grew up listening to African music. So I was always like, I never really got the chance to like be able to stack my harmonies. So I would like have cassette tapes and like switch the cassette tapes so that I could record my harmonies along with certain things. But I would just write little acoustic songs that I really, I loved Jewel. I loved Sheryl Crow, like those were, yeah. they're little, I guess they were little folky kind of songs, but they were like poetic and, but, you know, I've, I've been writing for a long time. So I just, I guess it was, they always switched up, but it just depend on what I was listening to, but you can only make something sound so un like so, so poppy when you're just playing a guitar. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, and how cool to have that experience when you were 19 too. And I know you, you said like almost all expenses paid, but I imagine if I was get, getting to live somewhere super exotic when I was 19 years old and any part of life was paid for for me, I would have been like, this is the best thing ever. Like that had to just be such a magical experience. I, it changed me forever because I learned like, so I had the option of staying in this beautiful villa with the rest of the band from all around the world or living in the, in the city, like by the beach, but in the city with the locals. And I was oh, like, yes. and in like a, a shithole, honestly, but it was my choice and I chose to live in a shithole. And, yeah. and I got, my whole goal was like, I want to be able to, cause the kids didn't know English. So I wanted to be able to speak Indonesian with the kids. So I would come home from work or rehearsals every day and I would sit and talk and I would buy chips and drink um, minum and makan, like food and drinks for the kids. And I would just sit there and I would learn from them. And then I would go and study the language with my book upstairs. I would write notes and then 
in my subconscious because I was just working on the language so frequently, I um, would wake up the next day, most days with a new word imprinted in my brain. I'm like, what is that word? What is that word? And then I would look in my book and it would learn a new word. And I still to this day can remember this language. And it was like a long time ago. That's so awesome. But I lived it, you know, it's just being able to live it. Right. Yeah. I Language is one thing that I, I would love to be better at, but I, you know, I, I didn't, there wasn't any, it wasn't impressed on me as a, as a child of any importance to it. You know, it wasn't like, Hey, Nick, go learn this. So when you leave Ohio, you can take this with, you know, there wasn't <laughs> any like outward push, you know? So that's one thing I, I, I love any, any stories about languages and how people learn them. And, um, it's so rad that you, that you've kept, you've kept it in your mind this long. Um, do you speak any other languages mm -hmm. besides those two? Not really. I just pick up languages wherever I go. But then if I start, then people think that I know the whole language because I always say everything so well. But then I'm like, no, 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 that's all I know. That's all I know. Don't, don't speak to me in French. That's it. <laughs> right, right. I did that in Germany one time. I, I, I said something to um, my, ca my cab driver and he all of a sudden just started flying in German. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I'm thankful that you think I know, and I actually like passed of of what I said, but I I very that's about all I have. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, happens when you go on tour. You, I, I think it's important though if you wherever you go to ask how to at least say thank you. That's yes. my goal. Is but if you ever want to learn a language, it's I always start with the words what, when, where, how, and why. Mm. They're always your best ways to like yeah to like good. navigate at least you can sure. navigate and thank you no please and yes of course like they're just like the basic things to just be like what or you know or and i'm sorry they're always good yeah sorry is always a good one to know in any language <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, so this is always a topic that i like to bring up in the podcast and you just brought it up beautifully i know you have seen a lot of this world but so far and all that you've seen what and i know it's an incredibly tough question that i bring up but what's what's your favorite place you've been so far jamaica <laughs> jamaica uh i love okay i'm gonna list a few jamaica not just because it's so beautiful but the people i love the people so much and the culture that they bring the music that they bring the heart that they bring, the family um, environment, and they're so giving and and forward. They're not even backwards about being forward. They're so forward. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love Greece. I spent mm. uh, spent a solid week in Greece, the Greek islands, and I loved it. Brazil, love Brazil so much. Uh, the Holy Land. Love the Holy Land. Um, I'm going to name two more. Yeah. Morocco oh, and uh, Dominican Republic. Okay. Morocco is like probably like 
probably top of my list of places I want to go right now. Really? Yeah. I, I have, funny enough, I didn't know how to cook. Well, it's not really funny, but I didn't know how to cook before quarantine. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. But I mean, being on tour, I never had to, you know, sure, uh, it was yeah. always bouncing around. So I never took the time. Well, I, I just never took the time. But um, when I started to learn how to cook, I found a ton of just amazing Moroccan recipes. So oh, that was wow. like, I started learning and then I started to figure out that I really loved the cuisine. And then I was like, man, I want to go to this place. And then I read a book that was in Morocco and it just started like going up my list of You're, you've been to called go. you've been called i think so i think so you've got to go i went to the bazaar at night and oh. i went with one of the percussion uh, the percussionist terry santia we went for a walk together and then he's like oh, i'm gonna head back and i'm like i'm gonna stay but i just like kept, it was so safe i mean at least i thought it was but i it was like i was walking through and they had all of those mounds of the colored spices Oh and God, I was yeah. holding like chameleons and there was just like the most bizarre things that you could buy, like, um, like a, what is it? Like a smoke blower that you can, oh, yeah. like as an old family smoke blower company that would make these beautiful designs out of like camel's bone and, you know, salute to the animals. Like I'm not really that person, but it was just like, it was so beautiful and so cultural and lively and you have to go. Yeah. I, I, I think all of those reasons are, are why I want to go too. It's, I, I just love getting into new cultures and just like not knowing what the hell's going on, but then being like, this is just great. Immersed I want to see all of it. I will, yeah. The bazaars, like the one that I went to, I went in Istanbul to one and I was just like, holy shit i actually just... never went to that i'm so bummed i didn't oh, go man. it's it's one of those where i would always say go you know no matter what but it was just like a head spin because there was just so much going on that i was like oh my god i don't know where to it's just never ending too that one the grand bazaar oh. is just it's monstrous you know so it was like it was a maze so like if you turn one way it looks all like it, it just looks the same too except like different mm -hmm. colors and spices but it's just row after row and it was yeah it was pretty amazing but Istanbul is gorgeous yeah turkey's nice yeah that was cool it was the first place that i had been to a fully different culture and well, it, was, I actually, it was really neat i fully want to go so badly and this is like hilarious like I have been obsessed I swear I was reincarnated as an African person into my little Australian body because <laughs> ever since I could speak like even my brother and I were talking about it the other day I was obsessed with Africa like hmm. since I could talk I used to ask my grandfather could he drive me to Africa today like every time I would see him I like could you drive me to Africa today and oh, that's amazing I would listen to Lady Smith Black Mombasa tribe oh, like I knew God, all of the Swahili words that they would speak I would run and like every time I would see like any African families or people you know I would be the little girl that went missing and I'd be like do you have any African music you could give me and then they would bring me back to my family like, is this your daughter your daughter Sol was born in Africa 
So I've always <laughs> wanted to go to like Kenya, Botswana, mm. Zimbabwe, Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa, like all these yeah. places have, and, but we've, I've never been. And I, that was like something that I would live there for a while, but you know, I'm just Australian, you know, we just go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that one though. I, I just spoke with, and I just put it out, but a friend of mine that we, I, I did some music cruises in early 2020. And one of the dudes that worked on the ship was this like super awesome um, dude from Zimbabwe. And I had him on and we just like, we just bonded and he was just like the sweetest soul and like just this beautiful person. And like, when I saw him, it was like, he was just smiling and I, I was just like, I have to know this dude. Like there is a joy in right. this man and this energy. And then like we did four cruises um, and he and I just became really close friends. And so I still chat with him almost every day. And he came on yeah. and like, I was like, will you speak in your native language? And then he started speaking and I was just like, oh my God, it is just the most beautiful poetry oh ever. And you could have also said, fuck you, Nick, you're a piece and of shit. And I would have been I'll like, <laughs> hey, please, can you say it again and again? <laughs> this is fantastic. I don't care. <laughs> Does he still live in Zimbabwe? He just went down to South Africa. He, he's in Cape Town now. Oh, yeah, right. But Probably. he did all of like, it was wild. He yeah, he was on the cruise ship for a while, then had to go in quarantine. And but um, I also spoke with um, a woman who runs a company called Ajiri Tea, and it's based out of uh, Kisi, Kenya. And she was wow. like, "Nick, you have to go." So I think I'm on that. I'm on the. I'm on it with you on that one too. Yeah. Where I I think I need to go down there and just like immerse myself. Yeah. I think it's, you know, everybody's told me that when you go to the motherland, you, you, it would change your life forever. Everybody always says that. Yeah. Must do. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I think, I think the, those are definitely high, high on my list. Um, <laughs> but uh, on that note too, um, if, you know, COVID restrictions and all of that travel restrictions aside, if I gave you a plane ticket to anywhere in the world, where would you be headed to? And you can do it Oprah style. Like you can be like, picture Nick as Oprah, and I'm just like, oh man, you get a ticket to here, and you, yeah, <laughs> you can do that. Um, probably Kenya. I want to go to Kenya. That's yeah. where I want to go. I'd have Nairobi. to be like, well, I'm coming too. <laughs> I gotta go to Nairobi. Like after that, I'll be like, okay, if. if if you got to take me now, God, I suppose it's okay. But um, I'm not really speaking that out into existence, but then, you know, it would feel pretty complete for me to be able oh, to experience yeah. that. But I just feel like God keeps showing me some pretty awesome stuff. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, take me on the ride. I love this. This is so cool. Yeah. Life is, life is a brilliant journey. I'm when you just like, let's just go, let's just do it. Small girl from a small town. And I end up being on a big stage with a big superstar. You never know where life will take you if you're just open-minded. Yeah, that is so true. Um, what, in all the gigs you've done, and this could be any single gig from like your first one ever to whatever, what, what's your favorite one in your memory that, you, that you've done? Um, 
There's two that come to mind. One is uh, for President Barack Obama. That was, we did a Memphis tribute and that was phenomenal. I did that with Justin and got to sing with Ben Harper and and Mavis Staples and um, Booker T and the MGs and Queen Latifah, uh, Cindy Lauper, you name it. There was so many wonderful people on that, that gig. And then another one, it's, this is really weird. So it, it wasn't the Super Bowl, but we did a show after the Super Bowl with Jimmy Fallon and the Roots. Jimmy Fallon followed us to, oh, it's not that he followed us, but I don't know. Maybe it's the bromance thing that him and Justin have. I don't know if that's how it worked out, but he came and did his show for uh, after the Super Bowl at, in Minnesota. And we came and performed a show after that. Hmm. And that was just so much energy and so much fun that it just, for some, it was just intimate. It was like, intimate it was sacred it was like family because the roots are like you know we're the tennessee kids and then we have the roots and we're all Mm -hmm. we're all just family you know and um so performing and having those guys there and just like it it was almost like all your friends were there supporting you after your big gig so it was more so that show after the super bowl performance than the actual super bowl performance itself it's weird That's to so say, fun. but for me, I'm just a, I mean, I'm a real energy person. So if it feels good and I remember it and it stands out, then that was, yeah. that's it for me. That's so awesome. Yeah. I imagine, I imagine like it has to be that because, because yeah, of course, like the big, massive monstrous gigs have to be incredible, but like whatever that one where you're just like, you're feeling it, like the energy's good, just everything's rocking, like there's got to be ones like, you know, I mean, of course, that the the one for Obama, like, how could you top that? You know, that's incredible. And all the names I, you're saying, like, that's just my God. unreal. I have to tell you a funny story. So, you know, I'm from Australia, so I don't know how to address anybody. And I was not. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> so when I walked up to the president, I, I was like. He was shaking everybody's hands. Remember when we did that? Um, he was shaking yeah. everybody's hands and he, I shook his hand. I was like, Obama. And I was like, President, I was like, Barack, President, President Obama. And he just cracked <laughs> up. I was like, messy. I messed up. I was like, ah, <laughs> he just cracked up at me. I was, I was like, Brilliant. yo, what the heck? You do not think this through whatsoever. I was like, Oh, tell me. <laughs> but I have to think in a in a moment like that, it's it's more fun to have that story. I don't really have too many goofy moments. I'm like pretty good with social interaction, but I just didn't it didn't come to mind which title to use. I I'm not used to running into presidents, so Sure. It was just like, yeah. Grand <laughs> grandly messed that one up in a most in the most incredible way but he just laughed so it was fine thank god he was so cool yeah i I imagine i i in any president i imagine that happens to him more often that people just kind of get to that like what's up dude level with him (laughs) than like anybody else they're like what's up and he's like yeah still the president you know yeah i can imagine like (laughs) 
That's so good. Oh my god. Um, I took it took me a while to admit that, but now I just laugh. It's funny. Yeah, you got that's what you just embrace that one. I mean, cuz if anyone gives you shit, you're like, "Well, I still met Obama." Exactly. So there's so there's that on top mm-hmm. of, you know, any of it. And it's like, you tell me how you would have acted too. Like, come on. <laughs> Come oh, on. oh no, I love and accept the fact that I was uh, I I I'm royally messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Um one other thing that I saw that I wanted to ask ask you about. Um it was great that someone asked you on your Instagram to say a bunch of facts about you. So oh, I, had some, yes. I had some I had some Oh, stuff I know to exactly what you're gonna ask me. Go ahead. Uh it's about predicting um, Oh events. I didn't know you through vivid dreams i was like this would actually prove my question right if you had yeah no i, said it. I was like everybody kept asking me about being mugged <laughs> and well and i mean tell that one too that. if you want that, that's a that's a fantastic so, no, one. But the, <laughs> so i have a i'm gonna tell you when it all started if actually somebody yesterday asked me um like where did you go to learn all of your spiritual teachings and i said it's not that i necessarily went anywhere it's where I went like in my dreams. So since I was a child, I've really been able to tap into my dreams. And now I'm using it a lot more in my meditations and things like that. I'm learning to understand when something is more of a prediction and when something is some foresight for something else or digging deeper for myself. But I'll give you an example. So when I was nine years old, I was living in Australia my brothers are a lot older than me, so they could drive and I was still at school. So my um, my mother was doing a course at uh, at this place we call TAFE. So she's doing like a fashion course for at a trade school. But uh, I woke up one morning and, t- and told my mom about this dream. So I had this dream that in my room, a red-bellied black snake, which we have in Australia, they are exactly what I explained, slithered up to me in my bed and like looked at me it, not in my bed beside my bed it was beside my bed I was in my bed asleep and I woke up and I looked at it and it had these really long fangs like a serpent and it started talking to me and I was like I don't remember what it said because all I could think to myself was how is an animal talking to me because it was so real like it wow it was so real and I was like how is this animal like I am freaking out this animal is talking to me so I ended up waking up the next morning I was like mom I had the weirdest dream this snake was talking to me in my sleep a red belly black snake and she's like that's weird anyway my brother Jamie took me to school the next day and my mom he took my mom to to her course and then the next in the afternoon he came and picked me up he's like we can't go home and I was like why he said there's a red belly black snake in the house that slithered across my foot while I was on the phone and I was like you're lying because my brother used to always love to play tricks and he's like I'm not I was talking to someone on the phone it slithered across my foot my mom we went to pick her up can't go home there's a snake in the house she's like you're lying and he's like I'm not lying (laughs) so we ended up calling these we ended up like looking up these snake catchers and first time we'd ever really ever had to look that up. So they came along looking everywhere. We had like a four bedroom house, so we couldn't find a snake in there. It was just 
Oof. My brothers had all this shit under their bed anyway, so like it was probably right. hiding under there. And so I was sitting on my brother's lap that night, and I said to him, "What's?" I was like, "Jimmy, what's that on your chest? Do you have um?" He had this cotton patch on his chest, and I was like, "Did you get a tattoo?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll show you tomorrow. I'll show you tomorrow." I was like, "Show me now." He's like, "No, sh- now I'll show you tomorrow." So I went to go to bed. Like my mom put me on the top bunk of my other brothers who'd moved out. She's like, "Let me put her up there." And then you hear my other brother, Daniel, yell out, found it. He went to the bathroom. He went to go pee and it followed behind him and he saw it and he jumped over it and it curled up into the corner of the the bathroom. Mind you, they are very venomous. They can kill you. They can make you very, very sick or kill you. Um, So, but to me in the dream, it didn't seem dangerous. It seemed like it was there to like, inform me of some wisdom which was Hmm. super like i've never been afraid of snakes since this happened so the snake catchers came and they put it into like a pillowcase and they took it and let it free in these wetlands and the next morning my brother showed me his tattoo and it was a snake with really big fangs like really long fangs on it and we talk about that to this day i was nine years old and a, and a few things would happen. Like I would predict like, oh, there's going to be a really big storm. And my mom's like, oh, no, it's fine. And she went to sleep. And then next thing we find out, like the church roof is blown off. And and my mom was like, okay, we have to start listening to her. Because she's yeah. just like, because I would just constantly have these dreams. And I know I always, I'm like, don't ever bother lying to me. I'll find out in my dreams. <laughs> it's, right, it's, right. it's nuts. But it's crazy because. Sometimes when you have that information, you don't always have to use it. You have to just note it. And I'm learning a lot more now. Like, but there's a lot of people that have been around me throughout my years that will, will actually like attest to this. It's happened so many times. Oh, even on the tour, like Nicole, she was like, I had a dream with her, of her. I was like, Nicole, I had a dream that you and three other black women went on this cruise a uh, caribbean cruise these elderly women she goes my mom my and my th- my two aunties just asked me if i wanted to go on a caribbean cruise and i said you what? went in my dream so you should go and another friend of mine on the, from the tour that came in she's i called her one day i was like girl i had a dream last night that you got engaged to get married and she goes then yeah i haven't told anybody yet and i was like girl i didn't even know you had a boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't even know. So yeah, yeah. it's like I just know now. Just say it. If you if you if something is going on, just say it and see what happens. And usually it's like, what? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so. As you were talking too, I was like, okay, it's Australia. It's probably a venomous snake. Yes. Um That's so crazy that it started with that because. I I think snakes are very incredible creatures, but I'm I'm not I'm not not afraid of them. I'm 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 very like stay away from them. So that's it's amazing that it started off with something like that was pretty harmful, and now you're not afraid of them. And also oh, that it was I a, a tattoo on your brother. Oh. I know, right? I picked one up not long after, like a couple of years after that. I picked an injured red belly black snake up out of the curb of the street and near these tennis courts these kids are playing with playing tennis and they're like girl you're crazy and i'm like 
it's injured. And I picked it up, I put it in a plastic bag and I took it to the, um, to this, like I asked somebody to take me over to take it to the little, the, the vet so that they could release it. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Um, the reason I asked you about that, the, the vivid dreams was I I've had one and it's not anything predictive. It's just something that's like stayed with me ever since I was a kid. I have, I've had this dream of free falling where it's insanely vivid. I can picture the football stadium where I jumped off of in my dream when I was super young, probably like six or seven. And I've just always had like almost night terror dreams of falling and so now like if i'm in if i'm in a hotel and it's a balcony on a high floor or anything towards the edge i i get this like feeling that i'm going to throw my body off of that That it's not to not to hurt myself no 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 that sounds like a past life Hmm. that sounds like something that did happen to you but just not in this life you, maybe you remember it. I remember this. And by by the way, I never believed in this stuff before. But I kept, too many things have happened to me sure. to like for me to be like I can't deny that this is a thing. Like I remember these things. I remember like seven. And That's so wild. maybe it's a past life thing that for could you be. because it, you should probably do some kind of past life regression see if it's something that comes up because maybe it'll like switch it off that'd be nice because it's it's a really odd really odd feeling because it sounds like a memory yeah yeah i think it could be um i've I've thought i've never thought of it that way i've always just thought like maybe i go skydiving and i just get to feel that (laughs) i think it's a past thing that you remember there's a book called many lives many masters I would recommend actually get the audio because it's really good. It's really good storytelling about, Uh um, yeah, about this woman who, who kept having these, she was afraid of heights. She was afraid of water. She was afraid of the dark. She was afraid of going to sleep. And then all of these things surface for her. So maybe it would be comforting to know that it's not something that you're predicting, but rather something you're remembering. Huh. That's cool to think about, actually. I've never. When you change the way you look at things, the things yeah. you're looking at change. Wayne Dyer. I like that a lot. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's also like one of my weird fears is being in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night. So, a cruise ship was definitely challenging. Both of those this uh, this uh, um, last year when I was on the cruise ships, it was it was very strange feeling. Yeah, that sounds like a memory too. Maybe maybe you're tapping into a gift that you have of just like remembering that stuff. Maybe there is something that like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that you're just remembering it and you're tapping into it mm. a little bit more. Yeah, I'll have to do something with that. And it's weird because now my Zoom is like I know, trippy. Me. I know. <laughs> Bring it I'm like looking. I'm gonna look around my room now. <laughs> Don't As mean I to spook you out. No, it's all right. If it if it's in here, if something's in here, but thank you for okay. thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's it's just one that has <laughs> never gone away. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's just one that's never gone away. Mm. And I mean, when I was drinking, I had just extreme night terrors of like 
I actually saw myself die in dreams twice. Wow. Which I've heard that you're not supposed to be able to do. You can do anything. That's that's like, and uh, apparently you're not supposed to see people in your dreams that you've never met or never seen before. You can't create faces you've never seen. I don't know, hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I I think I think you're tapping into something that's that's like. I think it's a little bit more exciting than fearful. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to tap more into it. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Um, also one yeah. thing that, Oh, I'm that, always that person that comes in and changes. <laughs> no, I love it. It's fantastic. I also had never thought of, um, my buddy who I lived with in Denmark. He told me about a time when, um, he, well, so obviously he speaks Danish, but he's fluent in English. And when he was hanging out with me, he was dreaming in English. And I was like, oh, dude, I didn't even think of dreaming in a different language. Yeah, I used to dream in Indonesian. That's so cool. And, and, I, I, and I, I've, But you probably like made some music in your song or sung a song where you're like, sorry, in, in your made some music in a dream or like come up with a really great song and then woke up in the morning. You're like, damn it. Like, have you ever felt like that where you've sung something, you've done something so cool or you, you invented something or you cracked a code for something and you wake up in the morning, like what the heck did I do? Yeah. Oh yeah. I do that a lot. I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, if I could have just like projected that, you know, like black mirror style on the wall and just saved it for later that would have been fantastic <laughs> i know a lot of people that it like aren't even in music and then they're like i just wrote the best song last night and i woke in my dreams and i woke up and i forgot it was so good too it was a hit yeah i, I definitely heard that and then like people just like waking up and being like and going back to bed that's but what I don't, um, I don't think i could control it Sting said about the every breath i take that song he apparently he dreamt about that. Huh. That's awesome. Um, all right. I have two more questions for you that I like to ask everybody. Um, and the first one is what would you like the world to know about you? I am. It's, it's interesting that you asked that question because here I'm going to let up with a little bit of vulnerability right now. Um, I've been putting my album together and, you know, as, as you probably understand in the music business as an independent artist, it's expensive. So um, I've been like wanting to put out a lot more content and wanting to put out a lot more music, but the, the, the pandemic, me moving, me changing scenery and me getting into my spiritual life is, has been taking up a lot of my space. But at the same time, I'm, I'm getting things ready to start putting my music out. Um, so not only would I want the, the world to know that, um, <laughs> that I'm a solo artist, but I'd love them to, to know my Venmo account. <laughs> to give me some money to put, <laughs> put money in my account and invest in me at Zenya Z-E-N-Y-A send me money um but also I would like uh the world to know that I'm whoa 
Green. It's money. Green. See? Hey, <laughs> what? Okay, for everyone who's listening, the screen just changed to green out of nowhere and then just switched back. <laughs> and I didn't do anything, I promise. Yes. Oh, yes. Manifest, manifest. See? You manifested it. <laughs> Make that money. That's amazing. That's right. Um, <laughs> that is confirmation. All right. I received yep. that. I received it's coming that. In. That's magic. Do you ever yep. have that on the other Zoom calls? No, that's the first time it's happened. That's what's up. I love this. Whoa, it just went dark. Yeah. Shady. Okay, I'm, this is cool. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not just a, a, an artist. I obviously am a very spiritual person and I'm a, I'm a mentor. I mentor a lot of people, but I mentor um, people for a mindset. So just takes me out of just the the light of being a musician an artist a technical singer and a background singer a, a songwriter all of those things but I'm like I'm such if you've ever if anyone's ever read the book the alchemist I am the, the boy I'm the kid on the journey to the pyramids so I'm just a human being living life that has experienced something so powerful and so amazing in so many experiences that I'm just I'm just a magical being manifesting this really cool life and and stay tuned to watch me stay tuned to see what else I can manifest and I would love anybody to come along this journey um my handle is at miss Zenya and I really would like to be a person that helps people like ask me questions come join my page and on Instagram and ask me questions about how to live your life by design. I have literally lived in so many different places. I've met so many different people and my voice has carried me there, but your gifts and your talents can carry you wherever it is you want to go lead with that. When you do things with, when you do things that give you as much joy as possible, then you gain confidence. When you're confident, you become attractive. When you're attractive, you become magnetic. When you're magnetic, you attract everything to you as opposed to going out there and getting it. So, you know, my life is, I have so many cool things that I can do with my life. I'm a singer, a songwriter, and I'm writing a book right now. That's another thing everybody can know about me. It's called What the Fuck is Self-Love Anyway? And I'm writing it with a psychologist named Kaz Amos. And it's, it's really just about finding out how magical it is to spend the time on yourself to truly love yourself and become a magnetic being through just like pure self-love. Because we only have one job. The one job is self we're so busy looking and throwing shade at everybody else. Like you should follow this person. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be nude. You shouldn't be a stripper. You shouldn't be a Christian. You shouldn't be a Muslim. Like we're so busy looking at everybody else, but we have one thing that we can control and that's ourselves. So we really want to get comfortable in our own skin. We really want to jump into doing things that we love. And that's what I'm doing. Like in my life, I'm like, I'm on, I guess you would call this Hawaiian trip a sabbatical. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but 
why not? You know, yeah. live your life by design and see what, what happens. Just keep filling yourself up with joy and love every single day. Do the things that set your heart on fire and just magnetize everything to you. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm full of different things that I, I love, but I couldn't say I'm just a singer. I'm just a musician and I'm just, you know, there's so much more to me and the spiritual stuff I work on, like that sets my soul on fire and that, that brings songs to my heart. Yeah. So, yeah. So come along, join the journey with me. Um, ask me questions. I would love to, I love to interact with strangers on the internet. <laughs> as long as I come with good questions, right. as long as I come with a part and good questions, um, I'm, I'm really down. I check my messages. I'll get to you eventually. That's so awesome. And I think that's such a, such an important message to put out to people is, you know, just live, live, live your life, you know, like truly, truly live your life. Like, it can it can, it can go away very quickly you know i i i found that out i came far too close to losing mine and at this point i'm like put all the love out put all the energy like do what truly makes you happy if 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 you're not happy then you know change it up go go do what you want to do you know like this is your life you know make it make it beautiful that is all we can do like everything that you like if you want to go on that trip, just make it happen. Yeah. And don't think too hard. Don't plan everything out too much because you just get so rigid and rigidly attached to how this is going to go from A to B to C just like this. But if you don't leave room for it, it if you don't leave room for it to be more amazing, then you'll never get to experience like experiences the the extras and the toppings that life can bring. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, for me, I, I, I set my intentions as what it is that I want to do, but I also leave myself open to receiving it. Like the day I got that call to, to work with Justin, I've been doing the work. I'd been doing the work that set my soul on fire and I'd been doing it mostly for free. Right. But then all of a sudden it was paid work and very well paid work and, and I'm being paid to go around the entire world. So, yeah. but I just keep, I just keep my heart open to receiving it. And I keep putting in the work. I keep walking the path and like every single day, there is a sign in front of you, whether it be a bird, whether it be a stranger saying something, whether it be a really interesting post on Instagram that resonates with you, you have traffic directions as to where you should go every day there are omens everywhere that you could follow so just you know i live my life what you can know about zenia is i live my life by design i don't know how the heck it's going to happen most of the time but it always works out and it's always a magical story yeah that's so cool i love that um <laughs> that's uh, yeah i think that's the, that's the only way i know how to live too there's a, it's the only way that works for me um and then you kind of touched on a little bits of it in what you were just saying, but um, if you had the ear of everybody in the world, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say do what it is that makes you truly, truly 
happy every single day. And I'll repeat what I said before, because I think it's so important that people, this is just out of my meditation. I got this the other day. If you truly do what it is that you love and you're passionate about, it brings you joy. When you feel like you're really good at something and you're feeling joyful, you feel confident. And when you feel confident, you become attractive. And when you become attractive, you become magnetic. And when you're magnetic, things come to you, people come to you. So I would tell people, do what it is that makes you happy. And that way you won't project any misery on anybody else. And because you'll be resonating at such a high frequency. And I love the way Abraham Hicks says it. I don't know if you've ever heard of Abraham Hicks, but uh, Abraham Hicks explains it as uh, like a spinning wheel. You know, the, in, the, in the park, there's like a spinning wheel that you can get on and the kids will spin around. But yeah. if it's going too fast, then you can't just jump on. You'll hurt yourself. So what you really need to do, the only way that anybody could get on that disc is if they've got the same momentum. Mm. So if you're spinning at a high vibration, only people at your momentum can get on. Ah, yeah. So keep it that momentum, keep it a high every single morning before you leave out, say things that bring you say things to speak life into yourself. Think of things, even if it has nothing to do with your day, think of the person that makes you feel at the highest vibration. Think of the food that makes you feel at the highest vibration. Think of anything at all that makes you feel at the highest vibration. And that way, when you walk, you might find some money when you when you walk out onto the street, you might meet that person that connects with you or you, someone might buy you a coffee. You, you will just miss that accident that happened to somebody else that unfortunately, and you missed it. Thank God you were, you were on the right vibration. So I would just, that that's my, that's my recommendation. If I had the ear of everybody else in the world, that's what I would say to do. I love it. I love that so much. (laughs) Well, Man, it has been so fun to chat with you, and I, I appreciate oh, you likewise. hanging out. Oh, I've loved hanging out too. It looks cozy over there. Yeah, it's my nice little my nice little corner. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. God Thank bless you. you. And let's stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans. Follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up. <laughs>